Welcome to the About Seth podcast, where we're talking all things Seth Godin. Today, I'm going through my second part of the review and breakdown of the book, The Dip by Seth Godin. It's a, it's a little book. It's only about 80 pages, subtitled The Extraordinary Benefits of Knowing When to Quit and When to Stick. So in part one, we sort of talked about becoming best in the world. And Seth's saying that being best in the world is seriously underrated. Today, we're going to delve a little bit deeper and talk about some of the patterns that we face, or as Seth calls it, the curves that we face along our journey to being best in the world. So as with all of these uh, small sort of one-page sections, I'll hit you with the title of the section, and then my favorite bit, most important bit from that section, if it's relevant. So the first bit is called, is that the best you can do? And the thing is that people settle. They settle for less than they're capable of. Organizations settle too. They settle for good enough instead of being best in the world. If you're hoping to be successful because you're the only one being considered, say if you think you might get the job because you're only you're the only one who applied or you think that you might sell a product because you're the only one selling that product, or maybe you're just thinking that nobody better showed up, you'll stop being remarkable and that's when you'll fail. You can't just settle for being good enough. You need to strive to best in the world. Next section is called the infinity problem. And the problem with infinity is there's just so much of it. People panic because there's so much choice. They don't have the time to sift through the different options. And if that happens, if people have too much infinity, they generally resort to the cheapest or they resort to the market leader. And I think you know that it's much better to be the best. The next is called the biggest mistake they made in school. And Seth argues that the biggest mistake, uh, he's got a free resource called Stop Stealing Dreams, all about the mistakes of the current schooling system, or I should say the outdated schooling system. But he says here that the biggest mistake, it was just about everyone learnt that being successful meant being well-rounded. Schools taught us that being well-rounded was a secret to success. You know, it was, it was good to have high grades, it was good to be good at sport. It was good to do art. It was good to take up music. You know, it was better to have, you know, two A's and a B plus rather than an A plus and two C's. But Seth says that, you know, if we fast forward a few decades, the school days where being rounded was good, that doesn't really apply to the, the rest of our life. Just being average at everything isn't okay. You need to be outstanding at, at something. He says the low-hanging fruit is there to be taken, so there's no sense wasting the time climbing the tree. That's what the school's taught us, but we should be climbing the tree to try and get that best fruit. Now, I want to talk about the, the three curves that Seth highlights in this book, The Dip. Actually, I, might, I was going to do The Dip first, but I might save The Dip for last because that's the most important one. There's two curves that we might see uh, as well. One is called the cul-de-sac now, the cul-de-sac is essentially just a long, flat, it's basically French for dead end. It's just long and flat. It results in failure. You never really improve. Putting in more effort doesn't equal more results. You're going nowhere, essentially, and you end up in failure. The next curve he talks about is the cliff. It's rare, but it's scary. 
So the cliff is where you put in extra effort and you get extra results. So you're improving. You've got this linear improvement and it's starting to look good. It's looking better. It's looking better. More effort, more results, more effort, more results. And one day you hit the cliff and you just drop off. The results completely drop off. Seth used the example of cigarettes. He says that they were designed to be addictive. At the start, you kind of enjoy it. Uh, the pleasure, there's a little bit of pleasure there, a little bit more smoking equals a little bit more pleasure. But then, as you know, uh, things, uh, disease sets in and that's where the cliff really drops off. But the, the curve that we want is the dip. Seth says that almost everything in life that is worth doing is controlled by the dip. Now, the dip is where, at the start, when we take on a new project, a little bit of extra effort leads to extra results, improved results. You know, it might be at the start, you take on something new, you tell somebody about it, and they say, that's awesome, that's really good. And you get that reward of, you know, that recognition, that praise, and things are going good, you know, and you start doing something, you learn something new, you see some gradual improvements pretty quickly, but then the dip comes. And Seth says the dip is the long slog between starting and mastery. The dip is this long flat section where increased effort does not lead to increased results. It might feel almost like a cliff, but the thing is you need to stick with it. When you start something new, it's easy to stay engaged because this rapid learning and a new experience keeps you going, but the dip is where it gets tough. And the dip is where most people quit. The dip is that combination of bureaucracy and busy work, the things you sort of have to deal with to get over it. But this is the thing. You want the dip. The dip is where everybody else is quitting. If you get through to the other side of the dip, that's where you start to see exponential increases in results, exponential benefits, rapid improvements. At the start, just to recap, you've got your uh, increased results early on, then you've got a long, long dip. If you can get through the dip, you hit those exponential results because everybody else has quit. And that scarcity is the secret to value. The scarcity on the other side leads to the exponential results because there's nobody else left. You're the only one who stuck out that dip. And here's the important note about the dip. Successful people don't just ride out the dip. They don't just buckle down and survive it. They actually lean into the dip. They push harder. They change the rules as they go. Just because they're in the dip, they don't just happily live with it, expecting to come out the other side. The dips don't last quite as long if you push harder through the dip. And essentially, that's what the book is about. It's about pushing through that dip, realizing at the start of a project, is this a cul-de-sac? Is this a cliff? Is it going to end in failure? Or is it a dip? It's an, if it's a dip, it's inevitable. You're going to hit that dip. So pick something that you know you're going to stick through and you know that you're going to want to ride out to the other side until you get those exponential results. So that'll bring us to the end of part two. Look forward to getting stuck in to part three of The Dip by Seth Godin. Thank you for listening to the About Seth podcast. I hope you learned something along the way. I strongly urge you to check out more Seth Godin. You could either buy one of his books, check out one of his TED Talks, or subscribe to his daily blog. Or go to aboutseth.com. <laughs>